Hi, you listening to Mobile Couch, and this is a show where we talk about mobile development. And this show is hosted by Ben Trengrove. Hello. And myself, Daniel Farrelly, aka Jelly, aka Daniel Farrelly. And this is episode number 66, which I'm pretty sure is evil, but that's okay. <laughs> and we don't have follow up to start with. I mean, the only follow-up that we got was that your episode last week, Ben, last fortnight, seemed to go down really well with everybody, which is awesome. Yeah, so, I was pretty really, happy with that. I'm really glad to hear that. Thanks for the feedback on that. Maybe we should do more, I guess, coding-related episodes. I really thought the coding wouldn't come across right in a podcast, but people seem to like it, so we'll have to look into that. So this week, so it's really hard. It's really hard to kind of you know follow that up. Like When people say that it's your best episode ever, it's kind of a lot of pressure. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to completely ignore the fact that it was our, our best episode ever and cover some some things that won't wouldn't necessarily make their own episode. Uh they're not, you know, they're not kind of complex enough or, you know, you know, we can't talk about them for, you know, 40 45 minutes or whatever. But you know, they they're 5 10 minute explanations that we can kind of cover and I thought that it might be good to kind of gather some of those together, some tips. Uh, together and uh, talk about stuff to do with developing. And most of the ones that we've got, I think, are kind of project management as opposed to just like straight code. So, uh, you know, we, you know, for those who enjoyed the code talk, I'm sorry. And for those who didn't enjoy the code talk, well, good news, everyone. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they're definitely tips that, you know, help your day progress rather than like nitty gritty code tips. Things that help you move fast, solve problems. Yeah, so it's it's all about things like uh, you know making sure that you're not you know doing any more work than you actually have to do. And it's, um, in an episode recently, we we talked about how like it's a really great idea to do thing you know automate all the things. I think it was even the title of the episode, and it's it really is like it's 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 about making removing the things that you would end up doing over and over and over again throughout the day making it so that you only, you know, you don't have to think about it or you only have to do it once or, you you know, you can kind of make it a lot easier on yourself so that you're not having to delve in and kind of distract yourself from regular everyday, uh, the, the, you know, the actual, the actual work of, of creating apps, which is important, important, very important. So why don't we start with some, um, some really basic stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I just thought I'd write down quickly the shortcuts I use all the time in Xcode, like my go-tos. And a lot of you probably already know these ones, but, you know, just in case some people didn't, I thought it might be good to start with the really basics. So the most used shortcut in Xcode for me is Command-Shift-O, which is open quickly. So if you're one of those people who, I don't know, takes your mouse, goes over to the left side, opens some folders and searches for the file you're looking for, forget that. Who uses the mouse? Command-Shift-O, it has fuzzy autocomplete, I believe is the technical term. Uh, so you only have to get the file name like close, close enough, and just hit enter, and it opens up. Do you use that one, Jelly? I, I can't say that I do. Oh, man, you are missing out. But I'm using it now. I'm using it now, and it's amazing. Oh, good. So I help one person. I, the, the, the one that I use all the time, like every day, all, all day, every day, is uh, Command-Option-Shift-Left and Command-Option-Shift-Right, which is uh, collapse collapses all of your methods into like you know collapses them all folds them all together uh and then unfolds them again 
I I use that very uh, frequently. Whoa! I didn't know that one. Yeah, pretty um, cool. It basically means that all of my methods are one line, uh, one liners, and I can kind of you know quickly find the one that I want and unfold you know unfold it or unfold specific ones. But okay, it's, an e- it's a very easy way to well, get through that. In saying that, to solve that same problem, I think the one I use is Control Six. Do you use Control Six? I I can't say that I do. Okay, control six is search for method, basically. Uh, so you go control six in your file and start typing. So whatever, view did load, and it will start I showing it. you those methods. So that's that drops down. That's using the drop down at the top there, which I do use, but yeah. I use the mouse for that usually. So, so you know. any of those like files at the top can be open. So control five brings up the file navigator, which is kind of like open quickly, I guess. Open quickly searches your whole project, whereas I believe Command Control Five only does the folder that the file you're in yeah, the, is in the group. Mm. So probably not. It. Mm. Open quickly is much easier if you're looking for a file. But yeah, once you're in the file, Control Six, you can search for methods, jump around your file pretty quick. Yeah, nice. The other one I use a lot um, is just anything to do with the assistant. So let's say you used Open quickly and you typed in your file name. If you hit Enter there, it's going to open it in your main view. But if you hit Alt Enter or Option Enter, it's going to open the assistant with that file in it, mm. and that pretty much works for every every shortcut key. If you want to do it in the assistant instead, you hold Option and do the key, and it's going to do it in the assistant. You're blowing my mind here because I <laughs> I don't use the assistant very regularly, but usually when I do, it's not to use it for things like counterparts and superclasses and all that sort of stuff. That it's um, yeah. You know that it's that it's designed like that. The drop downs are designed to show you. I use it to open like a f- a related file that's not necessarily related, kind of directly. I agree. I find the yeah. automated assistant stuff. It's never showing what I want it to show. Mm. But I use it all the time and just do open quickly and then Alt or Option Enter. And now say you're sick of it. You want to close it? Command Enter. Command Enter closes it. So it co- it opens it and and no. Oh, so, so Option com- Enter. Alt Enter. Alt Enter opens the opens a opens the thing and then Command Enter actually closes the assistant. Right, cool. Yeah, nice. I and see And the last one, which I use a lot if I'm just out on my laptop rather than at my desk, is Command Zero. Command Zero yep. closes the sidebar on the left. So the like the project navigator. Yeah, or Command whatever zero. you've got open there. Um, and yep. you can actually use it to navigate through it as well. So Command One is the project navigator. Command Two is the view I never use, can't remember its name. Command three is search. Command four, I think, is errors. Yep. And here we go again. Command five is tests. Yeah. So the same thing applies with the option key. Mm. So you want to switch sides of your screen. Command option zero closes the right side. Command option one opens the, I think it's the project options, whatever it is. So same thing again. File inspector. There you go. Mm. That's what it's showing in the alt, alt text. The other one is Quick Help Inspector. It shows documentation for your methods. Oh. So if you have, if you comment your methods in such a way that they, um, I think you have to use a special syntax. You either have to use the the multi-line uh, comments or the, I think, relatively new uh, single line slash slash bang, yeah. I guess, which sounds like a B movie, but... It's you know it's a one-liner so that you can just kind of write a basic or a quick sentence about what this method does, and they will actually show up in that quick help. I think it's uh, three slashes. 
Is it three slashes? Three slashes to get them to show up. Mm. To oh, get your mark down comments. I use slash slash bang. Mm. Well, I use slash slash bang and it works. Ah, mm. cool. All right. So there you go. Blowing each other's minds here. I've just come up with two more that I think are really good. Yeah. Control command E is edit in scope for a variable name. I don't know if you ever do that, but you decide to change a variable and you go and like have to paste it in everywhere or retype it three times. I'm trying to do it. Hang on. Do so I have to select it first? Yeah. Click the variable yeah, you want okay. to change. Control command E. So yeah. Control command E. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to select it. You just have to put your cursor on it. Oh yes. Sorry. Oh, nice. Um, and one more for the Swift programmers out there. If you're ever wondering what type your variable has been inferred as, sometimes it can be confusing. You've got this complex statement of maps and filters and whatever, and you know it's not like you've got an error showing you're not quite sure what it is. Alt click on your variable and it will show you the type it thinks it is. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I think that's yeah, I see they're that. my, uh, my quick tips, my quick shortcuts for Xcode. The other thing about the other thing about um, selecting variables and stuff like that is when you're in when you're actually running the the program, you will get um, when you when you pause at a certain certain point, you'll get um, you'll get the quick um, quick look inspector yeah. option come up. Um, that's a really I use that a lot to um, just to make sure that you know the views that I'm rendering, if I can't see them or something, if I you know I can actually use them to test to see that they're actually there. Um, don't have to do anything else. Just you know, can pause with the debugger, uh, the you know, a breakpoint, and then see my views because it will render your views as an image, so you can get like a you know an idea of what cool. that view actually looks like you know at runtime. So that way you can you know, I had a moment, I had a, a point at the other um, earlier yesterday where I was rendering a view and it was just not showing up, and I couldn't figure out why. And I uh, used that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't solve the, the major problem, but I used that to actually make sure that the view was being rendered and was, you know, actually, you know, didn't have some weird alpha on it or anything like that. So I could just, you know, at a very quick, quick, uh, it was a very quick way of checking that. It's useful because it also shows you other stuff. So it's a lot like the same, um, the same icon in in playgrounds where it will show you things like you know the value of any variable so it can be a string or an image or a view or anything like that it will render it out for you yeah nice i just want to throw one more in for the app code or android studio users out there Mm -hmm. command shift a is pretty much the only shortcut you need to know because that brings up the search for action window so let's say you want to refactor a section by extracting it into a method I mean, you can try and remember the shortcut key for that, but I never do. I just go Command Shift A and type Extract, and it will bring up the extraction menu. Mm. So I don't, yeah, I don't really understand. I mean, I I don't really know app app, app code or Android Studio. So you know, there's that. I still haven't I haven't tried it out yet. Yeah, I've only used it in Android Studio, but they're they're both based on IntelliJ or the mm. JetBrains system, so it should work in both. So actually, mention the the thing that I mentioned about the quick view for for views and checking views and stuff like that. Another tip, and it's not related necessarily to Xcode shortcuts or anything like that, is to use uh, Reveal. Of course, Reveal is a is a third party um, app for for Mac that's designed to give. It's it's. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to uh, to 
offend anybody because I know that uh, I know that this is not necessarily uh, the the way that it works, but it's kind of like the um, the view debugger in uh, in the, in Xcode um, that you get as part of the debug tools down the bottom that pop up. Um, you can you know you can see view hierarchy and you can kind of uh, you can kind of see how that you know see how your views are all coming together. But the thing about uh, reveal is that it's kind of that on steroids in yeah. that it's got a lot it's got a lot more features to it it's a lot more kind of in depth and you can kind of do a lot more with it because you can do things like change stuff on the fly which is really useful you also don't have to be sitting at a breakpoint unlike the view debugger so the view debugger to get it show up yeah you have to stop not in reveal. yeah where, whereas you can just refresh at any point with uh with reveal and it will, you know, it will capture the the view hierarchy at that point and give you something that you can actually go through and you can you kind of go down through it and figure it out. Now, the reason that I don't want to didn't want to offend anybody is because reveal is actually uh, it predates the Xcode's Xcode's view inspector or whatever it's whatever the the thing is called. I haven't got my debugger up at the moment, so yeah, neither. It doesn't have it because I'm not running the app, but you know it's uh, it, it's it predates that, and uh, I believe in, to to some extent it's actually um, the Xcode's version is is based on Reveal, so it's it's an excellent uh, it's an excellent app. One thing I use Reveal for constantly is debugging auto layout. So obviously you've probably had actually you don't use auto layout, do you? You do everything with your. I, I don't code. use auto layout. Yeah, I don't I like auto layout auto either. Layout. But I still use it. Um, and what happens when it goes wrong? So, like at runtime, you get some sort of conflict. Is it dumps a whole pile of stuff into your console? Mm. So it will say something like "unable to simultaneously satisfy constraints," and yeah, then I've, it gives you a I've list of all that. the constraints. Yeah, it gives you a list of all the constraints, and you're like, normally one of them looks weird, but you don't know where it's coming from because the views are in like memory address form. It'll say like "UI view OX one two three blah." So Reveal will show you the memory address of every view, which makes it really easy to go and find the one that's causing all your problems. But it also shows you the constraints yeah, yeah. as well. So it also can, shows you, you the, constraints. See the constraints. And uh, you can, I believe you can even edit them on the fly so that you can, I, I don't think you can add any. Maybe I'm wrong there. But I don't you can think you can either. Change. You, you can definitely change constants and turn them off and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it's it's an excellent tool, and if you haven't looked at reveal, reveal, you at least owe it to yourself to do that. That being said, it is a paid application, but it is worth every every cent. Yeah, I use it every day. It's almost like the first thing I go to, even if I don't have a view problem. It'll be like, oh, my array didn't sort correctly. Let's open reveal. All right, that's the complete wrong tool. So, with, with regards to reveal, I actually use a script which I will, um, I'll throw in the show notes. Um, that I believe some one of the guys from Itty Bitty Apps created, which allows you to use some, um, set it up so that it your app will in the simulator at least will uh, load the reveal library um, dynamically so that you don't have to mess around with your project. Yeah, um, I do that, which one is really too. great. It works with a user breakpoint. You add a user breakpoint that dynamically loads in. It's pretty good. Yeah, and so that way you have it. You can set it, set a breakpoint on your uh, app. Did finish launching application? Did finish launching with options or whatever whatever it's called these days. Uh, and you set you set it in there 
and um, it will load the reveal library dynamically and it will uh, you know set it up so that it will actually be transmitting and so then you just have to hit refresh essentially and it will show up um, makes it a lot easier to you know so that you don't have to mess around with your project to get it in there and then mess around to get it out when you need to to build to go to x to um to the app store so hot tips hot tips hot tips all of them speaking of uh of automating some things i had uh i believe i've mentioned previously um how i automate my screenshot process which is kind of uh kind of something that might be worth mentioning here the thing that we I believe we were talking about was um, the Xcode 7's latest uh, one of Xcode 7's editions, which is um, which is the UI testing. Um, I use something that predates UI, UI tests, uh, which is called UI automation, mm-hmm. um, to create my screenshots. Because think about it, right? You've got uh, we've we've now got five sizes of screens, I mm-hmm. think five screen sizes and i think the ipad pro is actually a new size as well which is not ideal you kind of that's a lot of screenshots that you have to take and then you have to think about like you need actually five screenshots for each size so that's you know 25 screenshots 30 with the ipad pro so that's kind of horrifying and then just every time that you add a new localization you have you know you, you have to essentially add 25 30 more and taking a lot of screenshots is not how i like to spend my days no um, who does it's it's the worst because you have to like i mean you want them all to kind of be the same you want to you know give or take so you the best thing that you can do is to automate automate that stuff so what i do is i actually use ui automation and a script called ui screen shooter uh, to do that, um, I'll throw the links, the link to the the script in the show notes. The UI automation documentation actually is, uh, I mean, it's in Apple's documents documentation stuff. Um, basically, you can use it and you can set it up using the uh, automation profile template. Um, so you run your app in profile in the you know as a you profile your app rather, and uh, use the automation template, and you can actually you can record the actions that you take so that it will, it will write a script for you. And then once you kind of, you can actually write your own script as well. Um, it writes it in JavaScript. It's all UI automation is all written in JavaScript, but it's kind of based on, it's based on, you know, the objective C kind of structure, you know, you have UIA window and UIA collection view. Um, you'll note that there's the a in there, which is for the automation part, uh, so you basically will, you know, you drill down and you can create uh, scripts uh, to to automate your your um, your app and kind of you know browse through your app without actually having to do anything, which is useful for testing for doing testing stuff. And it's you you know prior to UI tests uh, in Xcode, um, it was the thing that you used to automate your application so that it would uh, run run tests and stuff like that ui screen shooter uses the scripts that you can create with um that you, you can create and use with UI automation to uh capture screenshots uh of your app at certain points so the only thing that you have to change about your scripts is you add an extra call to a method uh, to a like function a javascript function that 
is provided as part of this script to take a screenshot and um, you run it as part of uh, you run it from the terminal and uh, it will it will load up um, your simulator and basically run the run the script using the simulator take the screenshots at the appropriate moments they get saved off into a folder on the desktop and then uh, you know it'll shut down that simulator and load up the next one and so what you end up with is you go through all of this all of the screen sizes all of the simulators you get the screenshots for all of them and then it will change the locale and then it will run it again and again until it's got all the screenshots for all the different localizations that you that you have, that you require and so what i then usually end up doing is i have a folder full of images i drop them into image optim to just you know essentially remove any cruft cuz it's still i mean everything images always so large and they don't necessarily need to be so i run it through image optim which kind of crushes them all down into you know smaller size and uh not size dimensions but size file size and then i upload them i just drop them into the uh into the app store one at a time oh okay i was gonna say now you've got your 200 screenshots how do you upload them because i'm about to blow your mind (sighs) really really yeah man yeah man you got to check out the fast lane tools. Have you seen any of these fast lane okay. tools? I think I might have seen them around. Like I've seen them mentioned and and that sort of thing, but I've not actually used them at this point. Okay, so fast lane or just the tools in general pretty much automate everything that's annoying about being an iOS developer. If you're annoyed with it, they've probably got a tool for it. So one of them is uploading sixty mm-hmm. million thousand screenshots to iTunes. <laughs> Nice, nice. Um, they also they also have a tool for doing the automated screenshots like your one. I haven't actually used their automated yep. one. They also have a tool for if after you've taken your screenshots, you a lot of people like to put them in a nice frame, like a device frame or something. They got a tool for that too. Mm-hmm. Got to automate that. Mm. My favorite tool though is called Psy. If do you want to take a guess what Psy does? I I, I can't I I can't I don't think okay. I can. So what, what is side you normally use it right after going ah, because <laughs> it fixes provisioning problems. Oh my so gosh. Anytime, anytime you go to like build your app and it goes, could not sign, blah, blah, blah. And you go, ah, you just open up your terminal nice. and type sigh and it fixes it. Nice. Isn't that cool? Wow. Yeah. That is cool. Because provisioning is like, it's it's a magical rain dance. It doesn't. Like yeah, it. I I've never encountered something so problematic as provisioning. No, it's the worst. It, it is every absolutely time, the every worst. Every time it happens, every time it happens, uh, you end up having to fix like some random thing that has that. I don't even know why that is. Like, why is that different to what it had before? Like, I only built the thing yesterday. Yeah, it's even no, worse if you're on cool. six thousand teams because yeah, the the automated provisioning thing always gets it wrong. But anyway, so Fastlane have a whole pile of tools for this sort of stuff. So there's other ones for generating certificates as well. There's ones for generating promo codes. Uh, there's one for generating push notification profiles. There's apps, I mean, a tool to deal with iTunes Connect so you can create a new app. Yeah, check it out. They're awesome. And they can also be chained together. So you can come up with what they call pipes. Um, and so if you use a continuous integration server, you can come up with a workflow that uses all their tools to automate everything Mm. including submitting to the app store which is really cool that is really cool i like it i'm gonna have to look into it some more 
the other thing that I the other thing that I use because I mean, let's be honest, I I quite enjoy a good bash script. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about you, but there's just something about Bash that feels so raw. It's satisfying and... when you finally get it right because they normally, at least yes. for me, they take many guesses. Like, hmm, maybe if I just pipe this into this and then change this, and then one time it finally works. So the 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 the, the joke about Objective C programming and just I guess programming in general is the whole thing with Stack Overflow and how it's like it's essentially you know most applications out there are just pieces copied and pasted from stack overflow yeah um with with writing bash scripts it's pretty much the same thing except from even less reputable places on the internet (laughs) so i and i've i've written i've written a handful of bash scripts in my day uh that do all manner of kinds of things you know doing stuff on servers that's where it kind of really started because i i use them for things like automating setting up new sites on on a linux server and stuff like that but that's kind of getting away from the point i like a good bash script and so when it comes to automating my version number for gif wrapped and other the other applications that i work on i have a bash script that i use in order to actually make that a lot easier now you can. There is actually a built-in tool that I sh- I kind of should mention if I'm going to be talking about versioning. Um, Xcode comes with something called AGV tool or Apple Generic Versioning tool. It's a relatively simple terminal tool script, whatever uh, that you can use to manage your X your you know project version. So it's designed to you to handle your your build number and it also handles your uh your version number so short version or whatever it is um it calls them build uh it calls the marketing version and version marketing version being the one point whatever the semantic version uh and the version just straight version is the build number um it's designed to allow you to quickly set uh your version number your your bundle uh your bundle version whatever the 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 version names of version stuff is so con- confusing it is because it's all sorts of crazy um but it's designed to be able to, be able to make it so that you can set that and not just set that on one target as well set that across targets because there's a whole thing i don't know if you've ever run into uh the error cf bundle version mismatch oh definitely it is a like it's it's a problem in that you if you have frameworks or even extensions bundled inside of your app they all need to have the same bundle version um cuz otherwise you get an, a warning when you upload to iTunes and so the idea behind AGV tool is that you set it in one place so you set it on your main target in your in its uh in the build settings you set the current project version you use you also set the versioning system in there to Apple generic, which is the only option other than blank. And once you've done that, you can then uh, use AGV tool uh, to set the version, set the the uh, the build number, that sort of stuff, um, with some basic commands from terminal. The downside to using that is that you have to close Xcode to make it work, which means that you can't just automated as part of your build process which kind of sucks damn and i've tried it i spent like i spent like two days working trying to figure out how to make agv tool work with work with my kind of the way that i want it to 
the problem was is that if you try to put it inside of like into your build process, so as a um, a, a build phase mm-hmm. on the script, you will end up uh, you will end up not actually being able to build your app because what it'll do is it'll get to that run script, it will try to it'll update the version, and then Xcode will go wait wait something just changed about the project and I have to stop. So it cancels and you can you never get past it. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, that said, it can be used if you have a different kind of process. You don't want to use Xcode. Um, for instance, uh, Daniel Jowkit actually has a blog on how to a blog post on how to set up uh, and use AGV tool. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, the one that I use, and I wrote a blog post about this uh, probably a few weeks ago now, in that it is a, a Bash script. And it's something, it's basically called update version. Uh, and I've put it up on GIST so that anybody can look at it, s- suggest changes, anything like that. Uh, it's a bash script that does something similar to what AGV tool does, uh, except it doesn't touch the uh, Xcode proj, proj file, which is the one that kind of causes Xcode to, you know, die. Um it it looks up the latest version from the plist, increments it, and then updates all the plists across the board. Um, you can also use it. I as a side note, you can use it to just pull the gist. The gist. You can use it to pull the git uh, commits, commits. The number of git commits. Yes. Yeah. So it's ba- it it it's based on like the way that it works is it's based on the git commit. So each time that you commit uh, a new build, it will essentially have a new version, a new build number. Um, it also handles um, making the marketing version the same across the board. So that, that's, that's the one that I use. And if you, if you want to kind of look a little bit more into that in a little bit more detail, I've written a, I've written a blog post, which I'll also link in the show notes. Cool. Speaking of Xcode projects, I thought yeah. I'd share, I guess, I guess it's kind of a tip um, about how to handle Xcode projects conflicting when you try and merge. This is probably more appropriate to people who work in teams. Um, so let's say you've made a branch in Git, and when you go to merge it back into master, it complains that the project conflicts. And you're like, oh, no, what do I do? I don't even like, that file's automatic. I don't even touch that. Mm. I've run to that. Because it's a pain. Most of the time, it's actually like a really easy fix. And I'm not sure a lot of people know that it is. Like they tend to just check out either one and then try and work in Xcode to work out what's now missing. Hmm. So I'd say 99% of the time, it's just caused by two people or even yourself on two different branches adding a file to the same folder in Xcode. So yeah, that'll do it. Let's say you have a view controllers folder, and in one branch you make a new view controller and add it to the folder, and in another branch you make a new view controller. That project's now going to conflict because what's going to happen mm. in the Xcode project is um, at the bottom of the list in that folder, one branch is going to say this is what this should say, which is the name of that view controller, and the other branch is going to say no, 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 it should say this. But really, you just want both of yep. them. So all you do is open it up in favorite text editor. I use Sublime. Um, and pretty much you can just delete the merge conflict tags. Like it's a bunch of arrows and a bunch of equals. Just delete them. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. Easy. Nice. Merge solved. 
The other one, though, is storyboards. I, I've never worked out a good way to merge a storyboard because, like, the changes in a storyboard happen all over the file. Um, and there doesn't yeah. seem to be any good way around it. Just watch out. There's one that's e- an easy fix, and it's an annoying feature of Xcode that anytime you open the storyboard, it changes the header in the storyboard, and so now it gets committed. So if, if you've just got that, then that's an easy fix. You can just take either side, and it will still work. Um, but if you've actually yep. both made changes in the storyboard, there's, I've never found a good way of merging that. So the strategy we use is we try and split out our storyboards into separate files. And then, you know, you work on the the settings section of the app and I'll work on the main screen and there'll be two separate storyboards so we never have to merge them. Mm. And we find a good split point is generally modal presentations. So if you've got like something that's modally presented behind a button or something, that's a good point to break that storyboard up. It's really hard to break up pushes Tab view controllers might also be a good point to break it up. Oh, definitely, Breaking out your yeah. tabs into various different, various different controllers. Into sorry, into various different storyboards. Um, because I mean, obviously, they're different controllers. They can, you know, they'll usually be a, their own, you know, navigation controller or anything like that. Um, so it means that breaking those up um, can be very helpful, I guess. Yeah. Not that I use storyboards. So I, yep. I don't really run into this problem very I often. will say, this is a huge downfall of storyboards, is working across teams and merging. It's It just doesn't work. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's not ideal. But yeah, it's supposed to be It's supposed to be faster or something or other, the whole, because it's like pre-compiled or, or something, something. I don't know. Anyway, storyboards. They are the bane. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole, that's a whole other episode. All right, what else have we got? I think that's pretty much it for my my tips. So I I I don't why don't we why don't we just finish up? Cool. I, I, we that's a lot of that's a lot of content. If you really want to, you know, hear some more of us, then what you should do is you should start the episode again. And then you can <laughs> really kind of just drink it in, just drink it in. Yeah. Uh otherwise, if you're finished listening and you kind of, and you kind of want to know a little bit more, uh, head to the show notes because that's where we'll throw all the links to the various different stuff that we've mentioned, uh, including blog posts and documentation and all that sort of stuff. They will be on our website. That's mobilecouch.co forward slash 66. If you would like to send us an email and suggest some tips of your own, uh, we, we'd love to do this again, like cover off some some suggestions and tips uh, from with ones from you guys, from 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 you awesome listeners. And if you would like to do that, send us an email. It's mobilecouch.co forward slash contact. Or if you actually want to use email as opposed to a web form, it's hello at mobilecouch.co. Just, I mean, it's very easy. If you'd like to get in touch with us individually, Ben is on Twitter. That's Ben Trengrove, B-E-N-T-R-E-N-G-R-O-V-E. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It has been wonderful yet again. Thank you to our patrons who are consistently amazing. And other than that, we will we look forward to talking to you again in two more weeks' time. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye.